this is Denise Morales with Be Nurtured, Be You in my Feel Spot Out Heal podcast in our pajamas today. Here we yeah. are rocking out Selena pajamas. <laughs> I just got my joggers on, but mm -hmm. I have a wonderful guest with us today that I met dancing, Dance. <laughs> dancing. And so we found out we're both in the mental health space and we're super excited to share some of the insight, but I want to give him the opportunity to introduce himself. So go ahead. So my name is Pablo Pineda. I've been in the mental health, you know, uh, field for eight years and uh, I love it. I love the job. So nice. Yeah. And so what kind of communities do you serve? Man, right now we, uh, I, I serve the uh, severely mental Health, severe mental health mm -hmm. so whoever is in the community you know they come to our place as a psychosocial clubhouse and they can feel like they're part of something because if people are, you know a lot of people that have severe mental illnesses um, people look at them and they're like ah oh, no nah, he doesn't know how to do this you know mm -hmm. or like no let's move away you know and people kind of avoid them but we don't you know and they come here to our to my job and they feel part of something. Right. And I, I love that. That's that's the thing I love. So giving them like a sense of community, yeah. a place to sense be. Of, sense of be there. Uh, we help them with their, with housing, jobs, uh, or even just be part of a social place, mm -hmm. you know. And like how we talked earlier, like they love to uh, volunteer in a lot of places, so. Yes. And this is here in Houston, correct? Yeah. Houston, yeah. Awesome. And so is it for service? Is it a nonprofit? Um, like, is it at a cost? How, what kind of people can come to this yeah space. it's free of free of charge uh you know it's in the south southwest area i'm like directionally yeah. challenged know, I'm, I'm like, like which part because i've said southeast before and they're like no 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 southwest i'm like yeah we're in the southwest <laughs> area uh it's from people 18 and up uh and people always like well what is your cap of the age and we, we literally have people that are 80 okay. that still come and they'll help people crochet and things like that so it's pretty cool it's that's pretty awesome cool. i'm that's learning awesome. how to do that so well, I was learning how to crochet too, but you know, I, I didn't get that far. Yeah. <laughs> but today's topic is really around youth and everything in relations to working with youth, their mental health, and really just seeing where today's discussion goes. Uh, super excited to talk about this because I really feel like I wouldn't be in the position I am today if it wasn't for some of the mentors that I had in my own personal life. Um, so I accredit a lot of my success, a lot of my growth, a lot of the wisdom that was pouring into me uh, from adults that were just present in my life when I was a youth, um, which, which was really troubling moments. So what, yeah. what about you? Uh, yeah. Uh, from 2008, 2008 to 2014, I was a youth director at my church. Okay. You know, so I had a good close encounters with like all kinds of youth, even like people's families and things like that. So yeah, I really hope I did a, you know, motivation, motivated them or like some kind of uh, inspiration to them. I mean, which I, I'm sure I did, but <laughs> I haven't heard nothing bad. So well, far. yeah, I think it's always hard to quantify like our impact in people's lives because they pass through our lives mm -hmm. and then they keep going. And sometimes you don't get like some of that feedback back, but you just hope that you made some type of influences yeah, you know. in their lives. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I guess for me, my journey with, um, working with you, even though I was a youth myself. Um, and I think about back in middle school. So for me in middle school, I was a troublesome kid. Um, getting in fights, there was definitely like drugs related in the scene. Um, era pelionera, like that, that was the thing. But 
I was going to a youth group myself every single, I forgot if it was like Monday nights or Tuesday nights. I don't even remember. <laughs> but I remember just always going to this youth group and having people that genuinely cared about how I was doing and making sure I was like on the right path and them pouring into me that really changed the direction of my life. Um, because I think whenever I, I was coming encounter with these moments where I was going to get in trouble, their voice was in the back of my head, like, mm -hmm. hey, girl, like, <laughs> you need to calm down, calmate. Yeah. And so I, I think about the influence that they had in my life. Um, and so I was also a youth, a youth leader. Nice. I became a youth leader for Young Life, and I was doing that in high school for the middle school kids. Yeah. Um, so taking them to camp and things like that. And at that point, I did feel like I had a personal testimony just because I had also encountered my share of bullies and peleoneras and all this other stuff that I was experiencing yeah. in middle school. Um, so that kind of helped me share my story. Um, what's been your drive around youth? Just the sense that um, how everybody treats them. Everybody treats them like, you know, like they're nothing or like they're all, like you said, peleoneros and all that stuff. But, I mean, we, we were both youth one time. I remember being a youth and I mean, I didn't really get in trouble like that, but I, I did do mischief <laughs> stuff, you know, or maybe I got away with it or whatever because I looked innocent when I was younger. <laughs> we both looked innocent. I'm like, nobody knows or thinks this ever us. <laughs> no, but, you know, um, just kind of advocating for them, you know, and, and like even the parents now, uh, they'll be like, oh, man, uh, you got to help me with this person because he's acting up. Uh, and I'm like, what, what, you know, I talk to them about it. I'm like, look, you know, whatever the case is, uh, not always being on their side, but always like, Having the parents be like, hey, man, like you used to do that, too. You know, like you used to be right. younger and, you know, you try to look for styles and you wanted to be with the trend mm. and things like that. Like recently, uh, my mom was like, man, I don't like how he wants to he wants the Edgar haircut and this and this <laughs> and that. And I'm like, just let him get the Edgar haircut. Yeah, like, get him get the you haircut. You know, it's a style, you know, like back then we used to wear the bangs and you used to wear the the, ha the hair like that, you know. And like all spiky. Yeah, and you know, like the wave, whatever they're called. <laughs> Back in the early '90s, and you know, but um, you know, just advocating for them, and 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 what drove me to keep on helping youth was that, like, just the way that at at a young age you can like help them, motivate them, and mold them to be better humans. Yeah. And and I agree with that. I feel that there is like a lack of understanding for some of the experiences that youth are going through. Like, there is a large sense of like finding your crowd, uh, like figuring out your identity finding out what it means to have healthy friendships. Mm -hmm. um, there's You're discovering yourself really around that age. And there's a lot of hormonal changes happening. Like, exactly. let, let's be serious. Like, where mm -hmm. boys are boys and girls going through puberty. Mm -hmm. the, the girls are getting their periods. Yeah. So like, there's just so much going on at this age where it's like, who is really there for you? And they're, and they're trying to decide, like, what's cool? I don't want to listen yeah. to my parents and things like that. Yeah, I have nieces and nephews that they all have gone through, you know, they didn't get in trouble. But I know, like, one of my nephews was like, wanted to be a boxer in middle school. And I'm like, okay, cool, you know, try it out. Then he's like, no, I don't like that. I don't want to be a DJ. You know, he tried DJing. And he just found himself and found his style and found the way that he loves life. And now he's a great, you know, working man. And it's awesome. It's awesome. Because yeah. he, you know, uh, he was allowed to find his way through, mm -hmm. through life. You know, like you said, hormones and all that stuff. Yeah, when, when in middle school you go through all that stuff, and uh, 
once they find who they are, it's like, hey, yep, I got it. Yeah. So, you know. And and I think as adults, sometimes we become very dismissive about the experience that the youth are having. Like, oh, get over it. Like, oh, you fail. <laughs> or like, man, you think those are real problems? Like, yeah. because now we're an adult and now we're dealing with bills and yeah. the insurance, you know, like we're dealing with a different set of responsibilities. But for them and their world in this time, whatever they're experiencing is really big to them. Yeah, because they're barely experiencing it. Like mm -hmm. we've been, we've been through it, you know. And it's like, I think I don't know. I mean, you're younger than me, but I think <laughs> I think back then when uh, I'm, we just talked about this yesterday with somebody that the youth now is not the same as we used to be mm -hmm. big time because man, we used to do so much stuff, you know. And they might still do drugs and things like that, but it's not like. They go skipping all the time or like now with with uh, uh, technology, you can know where they're at and all this and that. And we didn't have that. We didn't even have cell phones. You we know, flew we had, under the radar. Ain't yeah, nobody knew where I was radar, at. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I used to skip school. Damn, Sorry, mom. Mom, no, no, this. mom no, no, mira esto. <laughs> uh, but, no, you know, when we used to skip school. I mean, nobody knew, you, you know, and we had alibis for everything. So I, I, I think now they don't really... Do that stuff, you know, from what I know, you know, right. And you can check uh, where you at. Oh, where are you going? You know, and it's like mm -hmm. they already have it on the phone and, and you know, trackers or whatever. So. And, and that's what's interesting. Like, I definitely feel like technology has altered how youth are experiencing life now, like being able to be more traceable, their footprint in digital media. Like for us, like, yeah, we had MySpace, but yeah. it's not like Instagram where we were posting every single second. Um, but now everything's traceable. <laughs> so now we're concerned about like their social image in the world and some of the things that they're leaving behind. So I, I definitely think it's scary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is scary. It is scary. Uh, but I really think like with the youth, especially now, like people always think saying like, oh, they're just lazy. They're doing this and doing that. But on the contrary, like they, they are smarter. Like I read a... I love to read a lot of stuff about psychology and things like that. Yeah. Um, so the youth, like now, like the younger people, they, they're doing better uh, in IQ scores and like tests and things like that. And I'm like, man, like, <laughs> I don't have that. My IQ score wasn't that high at that like, age, Let's you know? not talk about my SAT scores. I'm <laughs> like, know? I don't yeah. know about my IQ score, oh, but yeah, the SAT uh, was not good. They do a lot, you know. Um, and I really hate when they do say that because it, look, it, might, it might look like they're lazy and they're playing video games and all that stuff, but... At least they're not out there like doing a lot of bad stuff. Like, like I said, like That's we true. used to, like all we, mischievous and all secretive. Yeah, just, you know, because like, you know, yeah, we we would do bad stuff, but I, we would just tell our mom like, hey, we are eating la casa de Denise, mm -hmm. and then like you know, and then we might go somewhere and like do dumb <laughs> stuff or not. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, for real. But I mean, like now it's like they stay at home or like they go to you know we drop like their parents drop them off or like. Myself, I, I was a I was a break dancer, a b boy back in the days. Mm -hmm. So it's like we would just go, we would just go anywhere. And then like now, when we go to the b boy scene, it's you see the parents too. Like back then, you didn't see the parents. It was just us. So is it weird that you see the parents now? No, I, I just think like, oh, cool. Or like, do you feel like they're being more supportive? No, they're being more supportive. You know, it, it's cool. You know, and you and back then you would see some parents. You didn't even see all of them, but it was just a lot of like youth, like you know, high school, middle school, elementary people breakdancing, mm -hmm. battling, doing all these things. And it's like, now I see the parents, you know, and it's like, it's different. And I'm like, well, this is kind of cool. Like, I wish my mom would have came. She would have saw how, how good yeah. of a, you know, what she, she does. But, yeah. you know, it's like she didn't go to the battles and things like right. that. Right. And, and I think um, 
then I'm thinking about like our identity as Latinos and some of the things we experience. Uh, so I am first generation Latina. And so my immigrant parents, at least, so I'm the last one out of three boys. Um, so I think when it came to me, I got more of my parents' time, but I know that my siblings did not. And so they were on survival mode and working a lot and didn't really have time. Um, but when the time I came around, I know that my mom was there pretty much stopped working and was able to like care for me. Um, but I recognize that for a lot of generational Latinos, the parents are not there. So like who's there to guide them and give them guidance and things of that sort when like you're working all day, you come home from school, you don't see mom and pa. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, my parents were, were strict, but not that strict. So, you know, of course, like all my other friends are like, yeah, we're going to go here. I'm like, Man, like, no, nah, I can't go, you know? So I, I'm really grateful that they they weren't too strict because I think if I, they were too strict, I think me and my sisters would have been, like, bad, bad, bad. Were they, were, were they not strict on you because you were the boy or were they stricter on your sister because she was a girl? I let her reply. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, I think uh, they weren't strict on all of us because I think, you know, okay. I, they were fair, really. Uh, and, of course, they have that uh, el hombre and la mujer, you know, stuff, but... No, they, uh, you know, if, if I wanted to go to the, a party or something, they, they wouldn't let me go. And they'll let my sister go because she was older, you know. Mm -hmm. But uh, no, nah, they wouldn't uh, let me go to a lot of stuff. But to the point where, like, some parents don't care. Because I've had friends, like, they would just walk out the house. They wouldn't even say, like, hey, we are here. I'm going to come over here. I'm going to go over here. They would just walk out. And I'm like, damn, you know, that's, that's wild. Yeah. And to me, I'm like, you're not going to tell your mom, you know, we'll be going somewhere. But... That's how some people raise their kids different. Like, we children, yeah. they're good. I mean, my friends are, are good people. They, they got mm -hmm. great jobs, great men, you know. But what I'm saying is, like, yeah, they, they didn't have that. Um, they had that freedom, I guess. You yeah, say. that, that type know. of thing. And so it's interesting being where I am now because I think about how my parents were when I was younger. And they were a lot more traditional. And so it was, mm -hmm. I think my parents grew up thinking that I was going to be a housewife. And so they yeah. raised me, like, Vente a ver cómo estoy cocinando porque you're going to have to cook for your husband one day. Like, come see what I'm cooking because you're going to have to cook for your husband or your suegra or whatever. And so I think I got a lot of friction once I, like, ended up graduating and wanted to go off to college. They, I don't think they knew how to support me. Like that, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they knew how to support this transition where I was leaving the household and I was going to pursue ed education, especially when, in their mind, they thought I was maybe going to get married and end up being somebody's wife and uh, cooking lonche at like five in the morning for my husband, an existing husband. You're going to have a career? What? <laughs> what is that? Uh, yeah. and, and I think it's hard for Latinos too, because um, when you think about what kind of career and jobs you go into, I feel like they only think about like being a lawyer, being doctor. a doctor, yeah. <laughs> or like being a nurse. And so um, I think I've definitely thrown a curveball saying, like, I'm going to go into mental health. Like, ¿qué es eso? Like, we don't even... ¿Estás depresiva? Es porque no limpias. Exactly. Like, you're depressed because you don't clean your room. That stigma, right? Like, the, 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 the Latinos have that stigma with mental health. Like, mm -hmm. so, going to that, like, yeah, you go. said, my dad, <laughs> I promise you, my dad's always been proud of me and things like that. But once I got out of the military and uh, I, I came home, you know, I was like, man... You know, I, I was always drawn to psychology, and throughout my life, you would see, I could see like you know people come to for me to advice, and I guess I was a young kid with you know his head on his shoulders and things like that. So, 
um, <laughs> I still remember we were at Kroger and, uh, you know, I had went to uh, the college to, uh, to get a degree, but I, I wanted to get in electronics. And so mm-hmm. they were declined it. And I said, okay, well, they declined electronics. Okay, cool. Let, let me, let me do psychology. Let me see what's up. So when I put, yeah, hey, I want to, I want to study psychology. They're like, okay, good. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, we'll pay for that. The military will pay for that. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, then I'll do that, you know, cause mm-hmm. I really felt that was my calling. Right. So that, that day I came home, my dad's like, vamos a Kroger, vamos a comprar, you know, let's go buy food or whatever. So we went and I still remember I was in Kroger and, you know, we were getting the stuff and he's like, he's like, uh, oh, so, so what happened? Like, what, what did you go? Did you get electronics? Did you get, uh, you know, uh, engineering? I said, no, no, you know, they declined it. They're like, oh man, that sucks. You know, they declined it. And then he's like, so what did you get? I said, like, I was like, I said, psychologia, you know, psychology. And I swear, like, he looked at me like, what? Psychology? Ah, oh, mijo. You know, like, like if I had told him, like, the, the worst, worst news, news ever. So then, like, the whole time I was like, yeah. And so then he just wa- was walking in front of me and just super pissed. Like, wow. I'm literally super pissed, man. My family even, we after that, we joked about it, but mm-hmm. super pissed. And he's just walking in front of me, putting stuff. And then, like, every once in a while, he'd be like, so what? Well, you're going to work with crazy people? And I'm like, it's not about that. It's not about crazy mm-hmm. people. And he's just like, whatever. And he just kept going and putting the tortillas on and, you know, all this stuff. So I'm just walking and pushing the cart, you know? Oh, awkwardly, like, yeah, really, I was just like, really happy right now. I'm happy about it, but he's not, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and so, you know, moving forward, you know, yeah, of course, in the car, he talked about it. Like, man, I don't know why you choose that, da, 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 da. So then, like, later on in life... He's like, oh, my God, you're doing so great. Uh, and then, like, the stigma had changed. Like, you right. know, he went to therapy. You know, he had a, a, a therapist and things like that. And he okay. understood, like, it's not about crazy people. It's just it's the same thing as your heart, your your yeah. lungs. You go for a checkup. You know, it's the same thing. Like, you go, you talk mm-hmm. to somebody like, man, I'm, you know, I'm going through this stuff, mm-hmm. you know, yada, yada, yada. So, you know, I think my family, the same thing. When yeah. I told them, like, what, you going to learn from crazy people? <laughs> you know, especially the older crowd. And so, like, after that now, it's like they understand, like, I think the stigma has changed. Yeah. Well, I guess it's vanishing because a lot of more Hispanics are getting mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. Uh, the mental health. Right. Field, so know. how did that make you feel whenever you like announced that like I am going into psychology and kind of getting this negative response? Mm-hmm. I can only imagine like maybe you feel like a little defeated. Like, well, no, goddamn, did I make honestly, the right decision? Or like, honestly, were you? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't feel defeated. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. Okay. You know, and it's like, uh, like, yeah, this is my calling. This uh-huh. is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know. And uh, and I think whenever they saw that, like, oh, está bien. You know, like, mm. whatever is okay, okay, good. But I'm sure, like, maybe in their mind, they're like, these dummy, <laughs> you know. Yeah, you, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, like, they need to college uh, to do this. So, yeah, yeah. I think, um, I mean, obviously now everybody, like, in my family, they all know about psychology. And, like, mm-hmm. we, you know, they, they read about it, you know, and they, they're, you know, they go to the therapist and stuff. So Okay, that's good. It's kind of cool. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And and I think about, like, my journey within that, too, just kind of, like, announcing that, like, oh, pues, ¿qué vas a hacer con eso? Like, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and the stigma you were talking about, like, people think that the only people seeking mental health is people that are crazy. It's not for people that are just crazy. Like, if you are feeling anxious, if you're feeling depressed, if you feel like somebody has passed away and you have not learned how to cope with it, or you are aren't unable to manage your feelings in a healthy way, 
counselors yeah. are there to help you through all of that. And there there's help for you out there. So mm -hmm. like there's a way through it. Have you had friends that be like, nah, I don't believe in depression. That's not good. Yes. Yeah. And but I and I feel the people <laughs> that say that are the ones that are like yeah, suppressing yeah. their depression too. Like, nah, that that's weak, man. I'm like, yeah. and it's because they hear it. It's because they've heard somebody else tell them the way you're feeling like, man, that ain't nothing like, man, this or that. It's somebody has suppressed the way you have felt. Therefore, now you think it's not okay to talk about it. Yeah, a lot of people think it's not real. Like, man, that's not real. Man up. Like, no, you are manning up whenever you uh, you talk to somebody, you know, like you holding all that uh, tension in, inside. That's that's mad. That's bad, you know. Mm -hmm. But I mean, some people, I think so, I've had a lot of friends that they've said that like, nah, that's, that's for weak punks. That's for sissies or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, but now it's like, man, you know, I need somebody to talk to. Like, well, what's up? You know, what's mm -hmm. going on? Like. You know, a lot of a lot of guys, especially men, they, they right. try to hold it like, nah, I'm macho and all that stuff. But talking about it, you know, helps you a lot. You yeah. Know? It helps you with your family. It helps you communicate better with your wife, mm -hmm. your kids, you know, and, and with everybody, you know. So. Yeah. And then I think it's hard in the family dynamic to teach your family that maybe something you experienced with them was traumatic. So, like, for example, I sometimes do try to tell my family, like, I need counseling. Like, this this stuff is traumatic. Like, this shit's too much. And they're like, pero we were fine. No te hicimos nada. And I was like, maybe to you it was fine. But, like, to me in my experience, like, I was going through it. Like, it, it did affect me in one way or another. And I feel like now as I've gotten older, I'm unlearning some of the things that, I learned with my parents that maybe I don't want to redo in my future relationships yeah. with friends, families and things of that sort. And there and maybe it's hard to hear and swallow the pill of like the experience I had with you was not always 100 positive. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, man, I feel like that's always been hard for me to answer. I don't think I ever had a definite answer and and just to kind of like answer that question I went to school in my college career thinking I was going to do nursing and so <laughs> I I like took a couple courses and I did horrible in OCHEM like I completely like failed <laughs> I had to like cue drop it it was like a whole thing I was like this is not for me and so I dropped nursing and I went undeclared for two years to the point where the university said, you have to pick a major. If not, we're like, oh. you cannot register for classes next semester. And so I started, um, around that time, I started talking to my school counselor, the sorority fraternity life counselor, anybody that could talk to me. I was like, well, why do you do the things you do? I was like <laughs> interviewing everybody. And so finally, I found uh, communications and leadership. I ended up going into communications and leadership. And it taught me ethical leadership, how to manage teams, groups, um, and a lot about how, what is not leadership. And so I completely fell in love with it. I graduated, went into the alcohol industry and six months into the alcohol industry, making great money. I was like, I got burned out. Yeah. But the reason I got burned out was because it did not align with my personal values and the way I saw that alcohol just led people. Like I was stalking like the freaking shelves for people to get like super drunk and they were just waiting for me to restock their vice. Yeah. Like that's, <laughs> it feels shitty. And so after seven months, I was like, this is not for me. 
And so I ultimately decided to leave, went to school administration. And in that time, I was like, what was I doing in my undergrad during this whole time? I was seeking counseling. I was seeking mentorship. What was I doing when I was in high school? I was being a youth leader. Mm -hmm. I was mentoring to people. And around that time, people would always come to me for advice, to talk to me. People were always inclined to open up to me. And I was like, you know what? Like, I think counseling is for me. So I started to do life coaching. Um, and then I noticed that life coaching is not certified by any governmental entity. Mm -hmm. So like if somebody calls themselves a life coach, it's people giving you their opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's not not embodied by anybody. Yeah, I've, I've had a lot of people tell me like, hey man, how do, where do I get this life coach uh, certificate? I'm like, oh yeah, you can go here. But I don't know if they got it. But yeah, a lot of people... They want to be life coaches. Yeah. Literally, I can certify you today to be like, you are a life coach today. You heard Hello. It. You know who you are. <laughs> you you know who you are. You want a life coach. <laughs> and it's just people motivating people based on what they think is the right way to motivate people. And has no scientific background, has no data behind it. And within that, I was like, I feel like I'm giving people a disservice by doing that. Mm -hmm. And so I went and ended up getting my mediation certificate and um, so now I can be like a court appointed mm -hmm. mediator. And then I was like, OK, let's go ahead and do my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And so now I can know the science behind it. Now I know what kind of assessments to do with people if you have anxiety, depression, PTSD. Um, and I feel like it's I'm learning really what mental health is and what counselors actually do. Mm -hmm. Like before, I thought if you go to a counselor, they're going to medicate you. I didn't even know that counselors who have masters don't even medicate you. No. It's actually psychologists, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. psychiatrists. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> once people th uh, found out that I, I work in psychology, they were they were always like, uh, "Yo, can I get? Uh, can you prescribe me this?" I'm like, "No, I don't." I do need that. some I, Adderall. <laughs> I'm not, yeah, exactly. Like, Yo, can you get this? Like, no, I don't. I don't do that. I don't. I don't deal with that. Well, you know, psychiatrists can you you get the hookup? I'm like, no, like I'm not gonna do that. But it's funny. And people like also like if I'm in the streets and stuff like oh, I'm a therapist or or I'm in psychology they're like oh well can you read my mind I'm like no oh, come on man like read no I can't mind. read minds man like <laughs> and or they'll be like oh are you analyzing me like no I'm not analyzing you it just okay are you a teacher are you are we doing math problems right now are you do I gotta raise my hand you know it's just <laughs> no like we just you know we help you when you talk about stuff we help you out like we just try to unwind your mind you know like try to help you think straight or you know help you help you with whatever you you have going on right so do you feel like being in the industry has made you more self-aware about how you present yourself in the world like what like so like as to say like you can't really be ignorant to ignore people's feelings and emotions like you're very conscious about people's no. feelings and emotions and the way no, they I, present I, themselves yeah I, I, no, okay no I, I know what you mean no i, I think um I mean, I'm always self-aware, but it's like, you know, like if I go out, I'm not thinking like, hmm, what is that person? Why are they crying? You know, nothing like that. I'm just having a good time. Right. But I mean, if somebody starts talking about like, man, I'm going through this, like, oh, what's going on? You know, like, let's talk. What's up? Uh -huh. You know, like that. But I mean, not, I'm not, I don't know. Just Yeah. I, just, I, I think just ever, ever since coming into the industry and in the clinical mental health field, um, at least I've become a little bit more conscious of people's like, Emotions, thoughts, and feelings. And don't tell me. If I'm at the club, I'm not necessarily being like, yeah, exactly. girl, why are you crying at the club? Like, I'm not thinking <laughs> about right? that. You, 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 you know, nah, just. I'm not necessarily thinking about that, but I am just more aware about how I present myself and certain friendships and certain dynamics and just being more conscious of, like, 
it's not me all the time. Like mm-hmm. you're also going through something as well. I think what what uh getting in this field and this stuff uh, has has helped me is with my patience. Ooh. Like my patience is, has gone so good. So wait, what was your patience before oh, this? I, I didn't have none. <laughs> wait, well, before now, I, w- I didn't have none. I would get mad quick, you know, or like somebody had a mental illness. I wouldn't, you know, I didn't understand. Like now, especially working where I'm at now, like I, I, I'm like, man, like if we go through stuff, I mean, mm-hmm. not that we're normal, but I'm saying, you know, we, we don't have severe mental illnesses, you know, mm-hmm. and we go through anxiety, we go through depression, all that stuff, but if we go through stuff and we're just like, I could just right. imagine what they are going through, like a schizophrenic or a bipolar or, or autism or any kind of like brain injury, like they, just the panic that they get or, you know, the 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 stress they get. I'm just right. like, man. And then people are just like, you know, bitching at them or like, no, man. you know, and I'm just like, oh, man, like I understand, you know, it, mm-hmm. my understanding for that is a lot more like, oh, OK, I need to. Be patient with this person. Talk to them. Try to understand them or try to meet them right. at their level. And then even with youth, like, you know, we got to meet them at their level and, and be like, okay, let me, let me simmer down. <laughs> let me, let me get in there under youth. Cause I was young, you know, younger I was before, young too. you know, yeah. and like, you know, I went through this stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, uh, I just think we have to be more understanding and more patient with youth. Cause, uh, oh damn, see how we just transitioned it back, back into <laughs> our youth. And no. I- yeah. And I think, uh, you know, uh, whenever I started being a youth director, you know, I used to be like a, like a parent. Like I, I would think like because I'm the leader now or, you know, I'm one, one of the leaders, I would be like, no, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. But uh, another youth director from another church, he gave me this book of youth, youth leadership. Okay. And so I read it. And one of the youth leadership, the first thing it said was like, don't try to something, I'm paraphrasing, don't yeah. try to be a flashlight in the darkness. Cause you're not gonna get the darkness away, you know, like bad. The dark, darkness is still surrounding yeah, them, still surrounding regardless. Them. Yeah. So it said, be a lighthouse instead. So a lighthouse, you know, like like somebody it, come it to shines, me. <laughs> like, hey man, there's a warning. Like, be careful. So they'll, you know, it's like a warning. Like you're, you know, so it was saying, be a lighthouse, like a, a beam of light. Like somebody can go to you, like, hey, you know, I'm going, I'm going through this, going through that. But in the beginning, yeah, I would, I would want to be the flash like don't do that what are you doing you know and trying to take away the darkness but it was impossible because they'll do bad stuff they're, they're going to experience Man. they're going to learn about sex they're going to learn about drugs they're going to mm-hmm. do all these things you know so i was just like you know what okay let me be the beam. let me be the lighthouse so i started to welcome you know like oh okay and and so once they started to see like oh man you know uh, Palo's cool, you know, he, he's not he's not telling us a lot of stuff. He got stuff. the raise. You know, yeah, 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 no, so he, you know, um, after a while, you know, they would come to me with issues and problems, and even the parents at the church, you know, they would like, oh, man, we trust him, you know, mm-hmm. so now it's like, even they would come to me and be like, you know what, he's acting up in school, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, okay, well, what's going on, you know, and we would talk and stuff, and then, like, I would tell him, hey, like, okay, well, you know, try it out, and if you don't like it, then, you know, move on, but, yeah, um, being a lighthouse for for the youth, I think, is pretty cool. And I think now, also, the same thing. Like, yeah. you know, people's kids are like, hey, man, like, on social media. They're like, oh, you know, what kind of music is that? Oh, cool, you know. Uh, so just being like that yeah. with the youth, I think, is very important. And and I think there's something that really changed in me whenever it came to the youth. I was reading, um, I wouldn't even say it was a study, but it was something that really, like, impacted me. And it was pretty much saying that, it only takes one person in your life to make 
the difference. Everything can be crimeness, like everything can be darkness in your life. But if one person is that lighthouse, if one person can make that difference in your life, that can alter the course of your mm -hmm. life in the way you see it, the way you experience it. If you, if you yourself is the person that can be that positive change in someone else's life, that speaks magnitudes of like what can happen yeah. to them. And it only took like people in my life to at different faces to really change the course of my life. And so I don't think I would be here if it wasn't for Cecilia, like being here and like telling me like, you know, look the other way, like don't look at those bullies and her husband, Elias, like always encouraging me or Guillermo and Audrey, like some of my youth leaders, I definitely appreciate the journey that they've took me on on. And I don't think that I would be where I am today if it wasn't for some of those early interventions yeah. to change the course of my life. Because yeah. that's really what they are. We're early interventions. interventions yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, I know my youth director whenever, well, I was already grown, but the youth director before, he would do the same thing. And I was like, once they, he, he took off and, 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 you know, did his own venture, um, I start. I try to mimic his stuff. Like mm -hmm. I was like, man, he's always, you know, helped us and helped us discover ourselves and things like that when we were younger, you know. Um, and um, yeah, I, I think that's that was very important to the youth to have somebody to look at. at yeah. Uh, and and also like with like elementary kids and middle school kids, like they they like I used to play the drums and like the media and all this stuff in church. And they would want to learn. And, you know, the parents are like, no, vente para acá. Like, get over here. You <laughs> no know? molestes. Don't, yeah, don't, don't bother <laughs> them. You know, and it's like, and I always be like, no, no, no. What do you want? What's up? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want? Mm -hmm. Feeding like, oh, their curiosity. Want, yeah, the curiosity. And then it's like, yeah, come on. Let me show you how to do this. And then, like, next thing you know, we had, like, three people in media. We had three drummers. We had, like, different Sunday school teachers because they all, you know, I, I, w I would never turn them down. I would you just explored be like, the curiosity. Yeah, I would never turn them down. Like, what do you want to learn? I want to learn drums. Okay, cool. Let's do it. You know, shout out to Jose. He, you know, he's a <laughs> he's one of them. Now, you know, he 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 got into drums, and I I didn't know how to play drums. You know, at church, I was uh, I had to learn on my own. And even when I tried to tell people like, hey man, can you teach me? They were like, just look at YouTube. I'm like, okay, like all right, whatever. But I I never looked at YouTube. I was just like, you know, put the headset on, just practice the song. And then, like, the songs that we sang at church, and I, I learned, you know. Mm -hmm. But And then, so I, from what I learned, and then, and then I started looking at YouTube videos and learning about drums and, mm -hmm. and notes and things. So and, you're a drummer now. Can you consider yeah, yourself I mean, a drummer? I could do it, you know. But, uh, yeah, and, and so I taught uh, other other youths to mm -hmm. to do the same thing. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we had, like, three drummers and stuff like that. Um, and then they still, they're still there. They still play mm -hmm. keyboard, and, and, and now they, they moved on to do things, you know. But it's so cool to... To see that, like you know, right. man, man, I remember, I remember that kid came up there, you know, and all this stuff. Like, so, you, so you bring us into a great point of like, what are some things that we can do to kind of uplift our youth? Um, and so, something I'm thinking about is that exploring those curiosities of like, if a youth is interested or they have questions, like making yourself available for some of those questions, um, and even sometimes validating their emotions and feelings, like. Sometimes they come at you being like, I'm frustrated, I'm upset, this happened. And just being like, oh, well, what happened? Like, what frustrated you? What upset you? And being there to really listen to what, mm -hmm. what's been going on, I feel like that really makes a difference, yeah. too. 
Yeah, trying to understand them. I, I mean, even if I don't understand what they're talking about, I'll just validate their feeling. Like, oh, okay, man, okay. You know, like, however they feel. Like, damn, that sucks, dude. Like, okay, so what's your next step? What do you think you should do? Mm-hmm. You know, and and when they're like, I don't know. You know, I'm like, okay, what about if you you do this? You know, like kind of not telling them, like, hey, you need to do this, but be like, you know what? What, more if, suggestive. You, what if you do this? You're like, you know, more suggestive than, you know what, you should do this, you know. Uh, and then also depending on the case that was going on with the young the man young young man and young woman, but yeah, just being attentive to what they're saying, trying to understand what they're saying, and put yourself in their shoes and know like, man, you know what, I, I've been through that situation before, bro. Yeah. Like, you know, um, or if you haven't, be like, man, you know what, you know, I yeah, growing up that always happened to a lot of people, and this is what they did, and and now they're successful or whatever, right. you know. But turning them down is is not the the right thing, you know? not the right. And I've answer. seen it happen all the time. Like they get turned down. I'm like, oh, don't do that. You know, like it just yeah. it gets me mad. And and when I think about myself and how I participate on those things, like I want to be a safe space where mm-hmm. youth can come, come in and inquire. Because I think about my parental unit and how traditional they were. I didn't necessarily feel like I could come to my mom or my dad and be like. I have my period, like I'm going through X, Y, and Z. But luckily, I felt like God did align other people in my life where I could have those conversations with. And so we're, what if you were that person that was aligned to help someone out that is discovering themselves, who is experiencing some things that maybe their home is not a safe place, mm-hmm. but you are a safe place for them. Like you could be that change for them and be that person to like really guide them and help them out and be there in times of needs because I feel like we get stuck. I feel like when we were young, we magnify our issues and we think like yeah. my life and world I'm is done. ending. Yeah. <laughs> my life and world is ending. And so I, as I've gotten older, I've come to recognize to tell myself like, this is one moment in time. This won't be like this forever. Probably won't be like this in a year, in a month, in five years from now. And that kind of helps me like get out of my funks and be like, what I'm experiencing right now is not everlasting, but it's just a moment in time that I'm going to get through and go through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you, you speaking about that is like like a safe place. Um, I know a lot of a lot of back in the days, a lot of parents didn't talk to us about like sex and all this stuff. You know, we had to learn oh, it from man. the streets, you know, and that sucks. And well, it wasn't like that best way <laughs> yeah. to learn about no, it, it, sex it and all these it things. It wasn't. But it's like, you know, a lot of people didn't talk about it or they just be like, no, you're not supposed to do it. And that's it. Like, you know. I think now the parents do talk about with their kids because I know a lot. I mean, obviously, I know a lot of parents, mm-hmm. young parents and all that. They they talk to the kids about a lot of stuff. And I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. Like they're talking about like issues, drugs, sex. They're already teaching them like, hey, man, you know, about sex and stuff like that. So I think that's really, really good. Yeah. Because, I mean, growing up, I had questions and I was always like, no, I can't talk to my mom about that. Mm-hmm. But just having the kids nowadays have that confidence to talk to the parents about it. I think that's really great. Mm-hmm. You know. Because who better than? Than, than your, parent, your parents. The, the pers- person that birthed you. <laughs> but even if they tell you, no, no, you can't do this, do that. Okay, but you've talked to them. Or even if they talk to you, like, look, sex is about, you know, this, da, 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 or drugs, you know, this, this, and that. Like, it's better than going out there and, like, them telling you, no, drugs yeah. is good. Like, yeah, it's, sleep with all the girls or all the guys you want, <laughs> you know? like So it's uh, it, it's good to have that open relationship with the youth, you know? Yeah, it, and it's definitely good. And so... And, and I think that's also important to learn your boundaries and maybe start teaching the youth boundaries, too. Like, 
what is susceptible, what is not acceptable, what is healthy, what is not healthy, mm-hmm. when it's the proper time yeah. to report. Yeah. Um, like, have you been able to educate on some of like, this is, you probably should report that. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't had a lot of cases like that. I'm always like, man, just talk to your parents, talk to your parents, talk to your parents, because, you know, things like that is, that's come for them, because I'm not going to be liable, like, well, you know, Paolo told me this. I'm like, oh, you don't know. Paolo's over here telling like, kids. Yo, so. man, no, yo, you, got, you know, yeah, but, uh, you know, just kind of directing them to their parents. Or if their parents are there, obviously, mm-hmm. I'm going to talk with the parent. Like, hey, right. you know, uh, I know there's a lot of, before a lot of youth would tell, like, oh, don't tell my parents. I'm like, nah, man, I got to mm-hmm. tell your parents. They got to know what's going on. Right. And it's like the relationship with them, you know, not that they got abused or anything like that, but it was just like they were so ashamed. Like, no, because they've told me, to do this and I did this, you know, and it's like, but even with the parent, I'm like, look, man, like, yeah, we, we both messed up, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not perfect. We were, you know, our parents tell us, don't do this, but then you try it, you taste it, and they're like, oh, no, I don't like it, or, you know, <laughs> whatever. But, you know, we learn. And yeah. sometimes you got to let them learn uh, oh, man. how to deal with their stuff on their own. Really. And, and I believe that. I feel like sometimes we have to fall on our butts. For us to really mm-hmm. learn, yeah. like, what things are. Because people can advertir, people can tell you, like, what to do and all this stuff. But I feel like it isn't until you personally do it yourself and maybe fall on your ass that you will finally get to the point where, like, okay, I learned my lesson. Like, I need to not do that again. Yeah. Uh, for us to get at a good point where we're just learning how to navigate life again. Yeah, especially with relationships, you know. Uh <laughs> I had a young dude be like, man, she's the one. I'm like, bro, you're in, you're in seventh grade, bro. Like, you know? But he, oh, I promise you, he was adamant. No, man, she's perfect. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, all right. Well, then, you know, do what you do. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, but like, you know, am I doing the right thing? I'm like, man, only you know. You know, but I couldn't get to him because in his mind, he was already like, she's the one, she's the one, she's the one. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously they broke up a long time and then he was heartbroken, but I'm no. like, well, then now you learned, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you learned your mom tell you the same thing. I advise you the same thing. Like, of yeah. course, that's not going to be the one, bro. Like you're mm-hmm. you're grown. Yeah. And even if it was like I've had friends that they've been together since middle school and they're married. Where now. are they now? They have an, <laughs> no, they, they have an awesome family. You know what I'm saying? Like it's I mean, uh, it's a rare relationship like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I could think of one couple that they, they were from middle school Aww. even till now. Like they're in love. Their kids are awesome, and it's shout-outs to them, and that's awesome, you know? Shout-out to Long Less in Love. Yeah, for real. And then, like, you know, they're still in, I'm talking about in love, you know? Like, mm-hmm. man, that's cool. Like, I'm like, man, that's badass. Yeah. But, you know, with this young guy, like, I was like, man, I don't know, bro. Like, you know, you're young. You don't. You really don't know. You haven't really, that's your first girlfriend, uh-huh. you know? So, but then, like, you know, obviously, like I said, he got a heartbroken, and, and he learned from that, yeah. so now, you know. And, and I think that's the thing with you, too, It's like, learning and and letting them know you're gonna experience so many changes right now not that you're in a controlled environment but when you're still in k to 12 like you have a set schedule you have no sense of uh bills and responsibilities so like your environment is very fixated up until the point where you graduate and you decide for yourself like what are you gonna do and so the person you are now is not the person you're gonna be by the time you graduate or by the time you go to college i feel like even going to college and coming back, I am not the same person yeah. even today. No, I think now uh, the youth, uh, young people, they have a lot of like more opportunities because like I remember when one of my cousins graduated from high school 
everybody was go- like, I think it was like 100% everybody was going, was accepted to a college. And I'm like, dude. Well, were they not accepted in colleges back then? I mean, not a lot of the people applied, you know? It oh, was okay, like, okay. nah, I'm just going to do this or, you know, do that, do that. But it wasn't like, now everybody's going to college, you know, which, I mean, you don't have, you know, I'm right. not saying that like, you have to go to college. <laughs> like, no, you know, I have, I have a lot of friends that they didn't go to college. I'm and like, su- you people in trade jobs, y'all yeah. sure making more no, money than su- I am. They're successful, you know, they're doing great. But but I'm saying like now like you you see the the numbers and stuff and I'm like man dude everybody's trying to get a a higher education yeah. nowadays you know and it's easier than mm-hmm. before yeah I I definitely agree with that and and I guess to sum up um, today in our conversation what has been your biggest takeaways from today's conversation um, yeah that I think uh, as we were youth and we used <laughs> to get in trouble and things like that I think. Uh, you know, at, at one point you straighten up and then like you can be successful. You can do a lot of yeah. stuff. And like I've told you before, man, you're young and I and I see all the stuff you do. And I'm like, yo, this is awesome. Like you do so much stuff. Like she does a lot of stuff. And I, I'm a little bit older than you, but I'm like, man, I wish at your age I was doing all this stuff that you're doing. And I think it's awesome. Oh, thank you. I, I appreciate it. And and I just think about so many youth um in the world that are trying to find their place and their identity. And and sometimes um, the mental health symptoms kick in so severely where the only option is suicide. Yeah. And um, it's just kind of like, hold on a little bit. Like, let, let's be there for you. Let's see how we can work through this and really guide you through it because there is another side to this that we really help to understand what you're experiencing and what we can get you through on the other side. But that cannot happen if you do not seek some some type of help, some type of professional counseling, or someone to listen to you. And so um, for all my youth, I very much love y'all. I very much appreciate y'all. And the things you're experiencing are very much real to what you're going through right now. And know that there's someone out there for you and some resources and a lot of it's a Google search away mm-hmm. from for you to find what it is that you need. Um, but I'm super excited for the journey that is to happen. And I want to thank you for being here with us yeah, today. Thank you for having me. So thank you so much and high five. High five. <laughs> <laughs>